Hi, I'm Christine Ming Ming Garner. I grew up living in fear, raised in a doomsday cult. They taught me I would die at a young age, that I would never graduate from high school, college, have a family or a career. In the years since my escape, I've been learning to overcome the fear and living my life with the purpose and by design. I'm a wife, a mother of three, an entrepreneur of a seven-figure business, and I'm on a mission to guide people to overcome their fears, to live a life of fulfillment as I have done. This is The Fulfilled Life with Ming Ming. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fulfilled Life Podcast with Ming Ming. And I'm Josh Tapp. I'm the host of the Lucky Titan Podcast. And I'm here with your host, Ming Ming Garner or Christine Ming Ming Garner, whatever you want to call her. She has an incredible story. And, and honestly, I, as a podcast host, when Christine asked me to help her with these, these first few episodes, I had to step back for a minute and realize that um, this is honestly the best way I could endorse Christine and what she is doing um, with the Fulfilled Life podcast. And so I want to just throw that in there for everybody. But I'm, I'm here really today to be sharing and discussing with, with Ming Ming about her story. Um, she has an incredible story of overcoming and finding her life's purpose. And I really think it's going to be something that's going to resonate with all of you who are listening to this. So Christine, you can say what's up. This is your show. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you so much, Josh, for helping me make this happen. Um, I'll be really transparent with you. I actually have recorded my first five episodes over and over and over. And because I'm still healing from the unresolved trauma, it was very difficult for me to do. And so Josh, as a friend of mine, he said, hey, let me go ahead and help you. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, no problem. And honestly, I just want to help her get her story out because I, like I said, I think you have one of the most incredible stories, one of those movie script worthy um, stories I think would be really cool to share with your audience. So if you're okay with it, Christine, let's just hop in. Let's just start talking. I'm going to let you kind of free flow for a little bit and tell us really how you got started and how, you know, you got into, we're going to be talking about how you got into a doomsday cult and then how you got out of it and how you grow to, you grew to a million dollars in your company. And anyways, there's, there's so much we're going to cover, but let's start with the origin story. You know, where did you come from? So let's start there. Yeah. So I was raised in a very traditional Catholic family. My parents were refugees from the Vietnam war. And, um, I just remember when I was in the, in the very first grade, um, my teacher said, Christine, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a nun. And <laughs> I hardly knew what that really meant, but, but the reason why I, I wanted to be a nun is because that's what my mom had wanted for me. Um, they had, my parents had four boys to start off and they knew that they always wanted a girl. And so they tried for a girl. And um, when she, they went to the ultrasound, my mom went to the ultrasound, the doctor said, I'm sorry, Lynn, this is another boy. And she was like, <laughs> no. And she cried and cried and cried. And she said she went home and thought, you know what? If I have enough faith, I know that I can pray to God and he will answer my prayers. He can make this boy into a girl. And so every Sunday and every chance that she got, she would go to this place called the Grotto um, in, Portland, in Portland, Oregon. That's where we were living. And um, she would kneel outside on these steps to this altar um, in front of the Virgin Mary uh, and she would hike up her skirt just high enough to make sure that her knees were literally 
on the, the rugged and very sharp stones to show uh, God and the Virgin Mary that she was doing everything that she could to, to plead and pray that, that her fifth child could be a girl. And so but every ultrasound, the doctors would say, hey, it's still a boy. And, um, and then the day that she went in to give birth, out popped a girl and she said the only energy she had left was enough to say see i told you so (laughs) (laughs) and so that's the day that i was born but every time she pleaded with god it was please let me have a girl because if you do i'll make sure that she serves you every day of her life in a convent when she becomes of age and so she always told me that's that's the life that I was going to live once I turned 18. So she had um, her plans for you. (laughs) Oh yeah. She had it all planned out. And what's interesting is once I was about seven years old and um, she came home from work one day and she said she had overheard these cassette tapes that some friends of hers were listening to during lunchtime where a man was prophesying that he was, um, a prophet of God. And he was prophesying that doomsday was coming very soon. And that anybody who was living on the West coast was going to die first from a huge earthquake and that the whole West coast was going to sink into the ocean. And so she said to my dad, she said, if you love us, if you love your family, you need to help me get up and move. And he was like, what are you talking about? Who is this man? And you know, we just barely bought your dream home. This was a home that my mom had been searching for for almost a decade. And they finally saved up enough money to get it. And she was willing to give up everything. Her, They had both had really great jobs and a, a lovely home and a total of six kids. And she's like, nope, we got to get up and we got to go. And he didn't believe any of it. And so it caused so much drama and turmoil in our lives. But within a month, she had already had the house on the market. Um, it sold within a day because she had sold it for so low. She was just willing to get up and go. And um, she packed a, a, a couple of mattresses in this rickety old van that my dad provided for us. Cause he's like, here, just take this van. And he didn't leave us with any money because he said, you know, I know you're going to go and you're going to come back because this is crazy. And so, but anyways, my mom got in the van with five of us because my oldest brother would not come. And she followed the prophet blindly to wherever he led us, which was Southeastern Idaho. Cause he said that was one of the three safe havens in the U S. And so that's where we went. And that's, that's where Christine and I met, not at seven years old, but like 30 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. 30. Almost 30. Yeah, I got to be careful what I say there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and so I, I do want to ask you this, Christine, too, to kind of interrupt the story here a little bit, but um, what's your relationship like with your mom today? So, such a great question. Um, so, today, we have... I want to say we have a really great relationship, but um, that would be embellishing it quite a bit. We have an amicable relationship where um, she's really good to my kids and 
Um, I see her every few weeks. It's, you know, during COVID time, it's just, it's difficult. I used to see her quite often, but um, since COVID hit, we just haven't seen each other quite as often. She's, she's at home doomsday prepping. So she's very, very busy. Um, but I know I have a really good feeling that she'll choose to disown me again once she hears this story. And um, yeah. Well, and, and honestly, so I, I knew you and I have talked about that before. And that's one of the reasons your story was so intriguing to me because, and I, and I hope everybody can value that because you know that, you know, this could cause rifts in your family. Um, but you're sharing a story and, and I hope people can relate to it because as we progress through her story, you're going to start hearing, you know, her mom was a woman of faith. She was, she was taking steps to try and protect her family but they ended up going too far. It seems like it almost seems like she's pulled you into a situation where it was really difficult for you to, to overcome and to move forward. So I do want you to give us a little bit of background of what happened once you moved to Idaho Falls, you know, what happened when you got here? So once we, um, it was actually Pocatello, Idaho. Yeah. But when we moved there, basically my dad tried to join us because he wanted to keep our family whole, but he didn't believe in anything that they were prophesying. And um, the prophet said, Hey, if you, if you want to be part of this group, you have to believe everything that I say, you have to pray night and day um, for, for the world and for our salvation. Um, and you also, you know, have to be listening to my Bible studies and, and he would perform mass as if he was a priest, um, but he had no authority. And, and, and um, basically he was breaking up a lot of families because anybody in your family who didn't believe was called an unbeliever and put the whole cult at risk because they said anybody within the home that doesn't believe at the end of days, the evil spirits could, could come into your home and you could be destroyed. And so it scared my mom and she believed what the prophet said. And so my dad was exiled. He couldn't be a part of the group. And over time, my four brothers, they, they didn't want to go, you know, to listen to him every day and go pray. And, you know, and so they got exiled as well. So what ended up happening is it was just my mom, me, and then my little sister who was four years younger than me at the time. So she was three. So it ended up just being the three of you at home and, and what did your lifestyle look like at that point? I mean, were, was your mom able to work or, or how did you end up sustaining yourselves and, and prepping, I guess? Oh yeah, she, she definitely had to work. So, um, when my parents separated, they had a, they had a pretty good nest egg in the bank, but my mom actually took that half, her half and put it into, um, uh, basically pulled all the money together with the other cult members and they bought this huge piece of property where they built underground bunkers and um, it was a place where they would go to be safe um, towards the end of days. So if she had taken that nest egg and actually taken care of us, it would have been a different story, but um, she really struggled. I mean, she was making $5.15 cents an hour uh, working wow. at a 
a food manufacturing plant and trying to take care of us. And oftentimes she worked two jobs, especially during spud harvest. And so um, we didn't, we didn't spend a lot of time together, but when we were home uh, together, we'd be praying. And when she wasn't home with us, we'd be over at the prophet's house. We'd be praying all day and all night. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really have much of a childhood. And, and you were there until you were about 17. Is that mm-hmm. it? So, I mean, this was 10 years, it seems like. Am I correct in yeah. saying that? 10 yeah. years? Yeah. 10 years of, of being in a situation where really you're being repressed because they're telling you you're not going to have a future. So you're not, you don't need education. You don't need any of these things. I'm just repeating what you've told me, but right. that's what blew me away was the fact that, I mean, it was keeping you from doing anything because it's like, well, why? You're going to die. Exactly. Yeah. So they, the first date that they ever gave us was August of 1993 during sometime during that month is when we were going to die. And I was thinking, man, that sucks. I'm about to turn eight. Guess I might not have a birthday this year. And, um, but then that date came and went and he just said, Hey, it's because you were so diligent in praying and, and obeying what I've told you to do. So now your life has been spared for another short amount of time. So keep praying, keep doing all these things that I'm telling you to do. And, um, we could potentially live a little bit longer and then he'd give us another date and then another date. And pretty soon he started losing credibility and he said, you know, I'm not going to give you any more dates because, you know, I just, you just need to be obedient and, and, and basically follow along. And so as, as time went on, um, he said, you know what, like, I know that you're, you've lived a long, longer life than you thought you would, but chances are you're never going to graduate from high school or go to college, have a family or have a career. So don't worry about any of those things. And so that's, that's, I had nothing to live for. I had nothing to plan for. I was merely surviving. Really sitting there, I mean, without a purpose. Exactly. That's just what it seemed like. It seemed no so, purpose. so purposeless, no direction of where your life was going to go. And I, I bet a lot of people listening at this point can say, you know, that's exactly where, where they're at too, is, you know, you know, I, I feel like my life's purpose, they may not be in a doomsday cult, but I, I know even in my life, I've had times like that, you know, where you sit there and you're just like, is this it? Is this what life is going to be for me? And and the sad part about our day and age is that's coming younger and younger in life. And, and it just keeps repeating itself throughout your life. And so I, I am more excited to get into some of the things that we're going to be talking about in these later episodes. But this is really laying a backdrop for your audience. I hope everybody listening to this is internalizing this because you're about to see one of the coolest stories of overcoming that you've ever seen. And we're actually going to be going on in the next episode, and if you'll listen into the next episode, you're going to see really how Ming Ming was able to take her current situation, you know, at 17 years old, and transition into a, a normal life and into an extraordinary life. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Fulfilled Life with Ming Ming. If anything you heard was inspiring or resonated with you, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this with your friends and family. I'm Christine Ming Ming Garner. I'll see you in the next episode. Until then, always remember, fulfillment is your birthright.